Binge the full week of The Ray Taylor Show ad-free over at InspiredDisorder.com slash plus. This is The Ray Taylor Show. Welcome to The Ray Taylor Show, where I bring you reviews of the latest movies and TV shows, as well as classic and foreign films. I'm your host, Ray Taylor, and on this podcast, I'll be talking about all things film and television. Whether you're looking for a new show to binge or want to know if that blockbuster is worth the trip to the theater or just want to hear my thoughts on a classic or foreign film, I've got you covered. So join me every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday for new episodes and let's dive into the world of film and television together. On today's episode, I am talking about the final short film from Wes Anderson on Netflix entitled Poison. Came out this year, 2023, written and directed by Wes Anderson, based on the short stories from Roald Dahl. This one starring Dev Patel, Benedict Cumberbatch, Ray Fiennes, and Ben Kingsley in this short film. When a poisonous snake slithers onto an Englishman's stomach in India, his associate and a doctor race to save him. Uh, I enjoyed the tonal different of this short film. This one had a lot more suspense and tension uh, than the previous short films. Uh, this one has a bit of the kind of meta commentary on the power of imagination, uh, which is kind of fitting considering how well Wes Anderson has used imagination as a key feature in telling these short stories, a bit of a magic, the, a piece of magic that he's been able to do in the previous short stories. And this one, it comments on that in a very, the just imagination in general uh, comments on it in a very impactful way. So uh, in many ways, this is, I, I, this might be my second favorite of the short films uh, just behind the wonderful story of Henry Sugar. Uh, this one might be my second. And then Swan being the third. Swan really was a great showcase for this element of imagination that Wes Anderson's been using in order to tell these stories. It's, it, it's, uh, it's really beautiful what he's been able to do, this magic trick that he's been able to do. Uh, really using the viewer's imagination uh, to add elements to these short films that aren't really there. Um, This short film, short, just about the same length as the previous three, or previous two, 18 minutes long. The first being the longest, I I think, around 30 to 40 minutes. Uh, And these last three have been around 17 to 18 minutes. Uh, This one, intense, suspenseful. Also has a bit of shaky cam, which is interesting for Wes Anderson, but fits with the tense situation that's going on. Uh, I also love the new use of imagination in this one. In the previous short films, uh, the audiobook style narration allowed the audience, the viewers of these short films, to imagine many aspects of the visuals that weren't actually there in a, a beautiful way. Uh, Swan utilized this effect, I would say, the most, which it with layered over a very minimalistic visual style from Wes Anderson, probably the most minimalistic in Swan, uh, which really highlighted the power of the imagination in this audiobook style narration that that overlays 
uh, on top of all these. Uh, it was also used to great effect in the rat catcher, even though I wasn't necessarily a big fan of the rat catcher. It still was used to great effect, not only visualizing like the poison oats in that short story, but also visualizing the rat and the ferret and the fight that the two animals had inside a man's shirt, the rat catcher's shirt, uh, which was all done through imagination. Right. So if you watched these short films in order, like I did, the order of release, uh, by the time you get to this short film, Poison, uh, you're primed to imagine and fill in the blanks, as it were, uh, with what you see in your head. Uh, and this one is all about this poisonous snake that's underneath the, the covers, right, that we never see. Uh, this one, I, I would say, uses imagination less to add visuals to the story as much as it comments on imagination and how people's imagination uh, can become reality. Um, and they defend their imagination as much as they would if it had actually happened. Uh, it's it's brilliant. It's a brilliant kind of commentary on what he's been introduced in these short films. This 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 use of imagination to help visualize and realize these stories is is mind blowing, really. So it's it's interesting to have this kind of meta take on it. But I do want to talk about specifics of the short film. So spoilers from here on out if you haven't seen uh poison yet on netflix check it out 18 minutes long go watch it come back because uh, this is going to be my thoughts on the details of it let's take a short break from this episode listeners are you an art lover like i am or simply someone who appreciates unique creativity i've got something you'll adore dive into the world of the many faces an ongoing series of mesmerizing ink paintings on paper each piece is a captivating blend of abstract and surreal, always presenting a face that tells its own story. The dedication behind this series is unmatched, with new paintings being released daily. And if you're thinking about owning one, you're in luck. You can start with a 4x6 painting for just $20. And if you desire something grander, there's always larger sizes available with prices to match. Imagine having an original piece of art infused with emotion and mystery gracing your space. So if you're intrigued, don't wait. Check out the entire collection and get your own at inspireddisorder.com. Own a piece of creativity that truly stands out. Now let's get back to the show. Uh, but it starts, so spoilers from here on out, starts with this guy that sees a poisonous snake or thinks he sees a poisonous snake crawl onto his chest. He sees it. He sees it. Crawls onto his chest, and he hasn't doesn't move, right? This, his roommate comes home, or this other guy that, I don't know, assistant or whatever, and sees that his light's still on, goes in, and sees that he's frozen in bed, and he's whispering to him because he's scared, he's panicking because he, he saw this poisonous snake crawl onto his chest. So the guy calls a doctor for help. The doctor... Uh, gives him the antivenom prematurely, right before doing anything, gives him the antivenom, um, and then even uh, administers chloroform through like a funnel and a tube into 
where the snake is supposedly at. Um, and then, of course, when they, after they do that, he gets up and he can't find a snake anywhere. There's no evidence of a snake. And the whole idea of this is that uh, Benedict Cumberbatch's character, Harry, imagined this snake. But because his imagination was so powerful, as many people's imaginations are, it is as if he saw the snake there. And it, 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 it is for him, the reality was that there was a snake there despite the lack of evidence, right? And he defends his viewpoint and his perspective of this imaginary snake to the point where he insults the doctor racially, despite the doctor doing everything to try and save him. But when he insults or implies that he was mistaken about a snake, insults his reality, he attacks which is so interesting, right? In so many ways, the magic trick that Wes Anderson has been using in these short films, the narration coming to life in the viewer's imagination in these short films ends up becoming the main theme of this short film, seeing things that aren't really there, how the imagination can bring thoughts to life in a way that feel very real, so real that you many people will defend them and attack anybody that like questions the reality that they live in and that what what that can do when you imagine something dangerous which we live in a world where there's a lot of people that imagine dangerous things that there is no proof of and they will attack you if you try to question the reality that they live in. So not only is this commenting in many ways on the short films that Wes Anderson did, but it's commenting on a huge portion of our society that live in a fantasy world where they imagine threats, and because they imagine threats, it is as if those threats are real. Despite there being no proof of these threats, because they imagine them, they are real to those people. What you believe becomes your reality, right? And they will protect it at all costs, right? I would imagine the ego has a lot to do with that. Not willing to allow yourself to be wrong. Not being willing to allow yourself to question yourself, to question what you believe and what you think you saw, right? The, the ultimate fear of just being wrong. So many people are so unwilling to just be wrong in situations. And if the fear of what you see isn't true, which is what the whole profession of magicians base their careers on, tricking people into seeing things that aren't true. It's amazing. So it's amazing that the short story comments on these techniques, not only these techniques that Wes Anderson has used to tell the previous stories, right? Forcing us to use our imaginations 
and see things we knew weren't there in the rat catcher. We know the guy wasn't holding poisonous oats. We know he wasn't holding a rat and a ferret, and they didn't put him in his shirt, and they weren't actually having a fight. But because he elicited, he triggered our imagination with this audiobook-style narration, it's as if we saw them. Similarly to The Swan, where you have this very minimal visual style and so much of that story is told through narration is is brought to life in our imaginations right illustrating how easy we can create images in our own heads then taking that idea in this story to comment on how that can go the other way how that cannot just be used to amplify a story that's being told to affect and improve and bring to life a story that's being told that you're watching but also how that can be used to cause people to to defend positions and opinions that aren't fundamentally proven Right, How the unintended imaginary things can be so strongly believed and defended to the point you would act, you would attack anyone who might suggest it was at all in their imaginations. Just how, how, how much people will defend their ego and will desperately cling to what they believe to be true. Let's take a short break from this episode. Listeners, let me paint you a picture. Imagine owning a piece of art that's not only visually striking, but also exclusive. Dive deep into The Many Faces, a series that's now available as high-quality, limited-edition prints. Each piece captures the essence of abstract and surreal beauty, making it a perfect conversation starter for your space. What makes these prints even more special, they're all hand-signed and numbered by the artist, me, Ray Taylor, adding that personal touch of authenticity. And the best part, you don't need to break the bank to own one. Starting at just $5 for a 4x6 print, the sizes and prices scale up, giving you options to suit your space and your budget. Art collectors, enthusiasts, or anyone who loves unique pieces, this is your chance. Elevate your walls and own a piece of limited edition artistry. Head over to inspireddisorder.com and secure your exclusive print today. Now let's get back to the show. And like I said, you could draw parallels from this to this guy who thought he saw, who imagined seeing a poisonous snake crawl on his chest because in that area, there's a lot of poisonous snakes, and it's highly likely that it could have been, but there's no proof that it was ever, ever there. And you have, you could draw clear parallels to people in modern day 2023 who believe in conspiracy theories, people who believe in religions, and protecting these imaginary tales at all costs, people that, that, believe that like there are lizard people people that believe that that 
that drag shows are somehow killing, harming children. Believing that priests and youth pastors aren't harming children. Like it's it's we live in a time where massive groups of the population defend imaginary things to the death. There is genocide going on in parts of the world based on imagination, based on imaginary beliefs. Regardless of proof or lack thereof, they will defend their imaginary position regardless because they are unwilling to accept being wrong. They're unwilling to accept lack of proof. Lack of evidence. They will defend their side constantly looking for confirmation bias. Only accepting any information that that goes along with whatever their imaginary beliefs are. So, I mean, this is it's amazing this short story this short film poison so great not only commenting on wes anderson's short films and what he's used imagination for in telling those stories but also how just devastating the impact of imagination is on society at large globally right so it's a kind of a great i wouldn't call it a twist end but more of a realization that happens at the end you know, commenting on imagination, how real something can become in a person's uh, imagined, if, if they imagine it, and how a person will defend his reality or her reality despite any, any proof. Something that we see a lot today in people who believe in conspiracy theories, you know, or people that think that Trump is a good guy or successful, has, has ever run a successful business. The same way people believe in witch, like back in the day, even today, believing in people that were witches or demons. I mean, it's literally what magicians play on as a career. They play on tricking people's imaginations, making people see something that didn't really happen. Manipulating the human brain in a way. But for whatever reason, people know they're going in to be manipulated watching a magic show. And yet, when they go to church, they don't realize that same thing is happening. But they take it as real instead of a form of manipulation. Uh, so the end of this really hit in a way that blew my mind. Um, I think all four of these short films really examine and utilize imagination in a way that uh, the way it's used, the way viewers' imaginations uh, are used as a means to produce so much of the visuals. So much of the visuals in these short films are done in your head as you're watching this. So much of the visuals of Swan are happening in your head while you're watching it, overlaid on top of the, the minimalist style. Right? It's, these short films are a magic deck that Wes Anderson did. He is the magician that did this magic act in these four films. 
Um, and it'll be interesting to see if he implements this in any future films, right? And if he does utilize imagination as a means to uh, illuminate aspects of his story, I wonder if his writing will stack up to Roald Dahl's writing in, in these films. So it'll be interesting to see if he uses it and how well it, it works as opposed to these short films. So regardless, I want to thank everybody for tuning in to the Ray Taylor show. And I hope you enjoyed my thoughts on poison. Don't forget to tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday for more movie and TV show reviews and join the conversation by leaving a comment or rating on your favorite podcast platform or on youtube.com slash inspired disorder, where all of these episodes are available in video form until next time. Watch out for those snakes. Subscribe to The Ray Taylor Show on YouTube and everywhere podcasts are found. Binge the full week ad-free over at inspireddisorder.com slash plus. Purchase Ray Taylor Show merch over at inspireddisorder.com. Have a wonderful day, everybody. Peace out! Today is the day where you wake up and you realize that everything that you've been dreaming about, everything that you've been wanting, every goal and wish and hope that you've ever had can become real. Dreams can come true. What you manifest in your mind, you can bring to reality.